On today's episode of the SPEMA Council podcast, we had on Paul Wolderman, a digital content specialist in marketing at Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Before I get into the Notes version of the episode, I want to give a huge shout out to our co-host this week, Amanda Benitez. Uh, Amanda's been wanting to go to come on the show for a while now, and it was awesome to finally get to finally get her on and uh, and co and co-host this great episode. Uh, she did an awesome job, and uh, and and she and she was and she was here for uh, an episode that was just unbelievable to unbe- unbelievable to do so big props to amanda uh for for that but um what uh with but with paul we covered a lot of stuff we covered uh his tenure at uh, george brown college for business administration and ryerson university for entrepreneurship and how that led to sport um we, we covered his internship uh and or start with mlse uh with tfc and tfc2 and uh talked about some of the skills that he learned there um we talked and we talked we talked about his uh, tenure with the with the tenure with the toronto argonos as a special products coordinator um and 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 uh, and 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 talked a bit about uh his role as a his role as a digital content specialist as well uh more importantly though uh we talked about his article that he published in the argonaut on the argonaut site that told about his career in sport including your story his story on living um with autism and personally this was huge to do for me um because i actually am on the autism spectrum like paul I've never, I don't think I've, again, I, I mentioned this a few times in the show, if I'm being, if I'm being completely honest. So if this sound, if it's, if this message sounds repetitive, um, um, because it, because it's already been said, I apologize, but I think this is the first time that I've actually mentioned it publicly. Um, and, and yeah, when it's, it's, it's hard to describe, but when you encounter a person who has who who is going who who can relate exactly to the things that you go through and autism is a weird thing where you go through a lot of stuff it is absolutely mind-blowing no hyperbole and his story is amazing um his 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 comments about um about including autistic people in the workplace are 100% valid. I encourage you to listen to every part of this interview because it was an absolute pleasure to conduct and I hope that you share that same sentiment. And with, and with that, let's head over to, this, to uh, this week's episode. We hope you enjoy this week's edition of the SPEMA Council Podcast. How's it going, everyone? Hope everyone's having a fantastic day. You know what time it is. I invite you to pull up a chair, sit back and relax, and welcome you to yet another episode of the Streamer Council Podcast. Hope everyone's having a great week, um, and uh, it's it's a great it's going to be an awesome awesome episode this week. Um, as we're as we're now as we're now in, as we're now in mid March, and at the time of this episode, uh, St. Patty's Day has passed. So hope everyone had a uh, Wonderful St. Patty's Day. Hopefully, the luck of the Irish was with you on the on on the Thursday or on the Saturday, whichever day uh, you're cel- you're celebrating St. Patty's. But um, but uh, on, on but on but on to business now. Introducing uh, our guest our guest co-host. She's been wanting to get on the show for a long long for a long long time. We finally got her on. Amanda Benitez. Amanda Benitez. How's it going? Awesome. It's going great. Thank you so much for having me. 
Not a problem. Not a problem. Not a problem. And uh, you and you and you were in for for an awesome episode today. We uh, were with, we were with uh, Paul Wilderman, who is a digital content specialist at at at, M- at MLSC. Had a lot of great things to say. Um, so uh, just to start off, Amanda, what was uh, some of the some some of the few standout moments uh, of of the show for you? If you had to pick maybe one or two. One. Oh, I. That's a hard question. Like he said a lot of good stuff, but one thing was um, when he mentioned his internship and like the things he learned and how like he carried them on till now, especially like how I liked how he said, you know, just enjoy the moment. Like, even though like you're you're not gonna, who knows if, you know, you can get a full-time job after, or if this internship can lead you to so many other places. But I really liked how he just said, enjoy it, especially like I'm in like second year, but like just enjoy everything, like enjoy your lectures. Like, you know, you're not going to be in this forever. So that's pretty special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and another thing I, I guess that stood out to me was, you know, his upbringing into the sport industry. It wasn't traditional. It's sort of, it's sort of came, it's 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 sort it sort of came almost on a, on a, on a, on a, on a whim because um you know his 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 undergraduate degrees were from George Brown in in a, in a mainly business format and uh and and Ryerson for 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 for, 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 for entrepreneurship uh but uh, but you know as he said it's a great example of uh um of you know knowing people in the sport industry beforehand which he said he helped them and. And again, we've we've heard this many times. Your network is your net worth. Um, pretty sure you've, you if if you haven't heard people say say that uh, in networking conferences, uh, then uh, you probably and you'll pro- and you probably will some point down the line. Apologies for that noise. Thirty seconds ago, that was my pen flying across the room for no for for, for no for no apparent reason. Who knows why? Um, and, 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 you know, another, another thing is, um, uh, is he, he talks about his tenure with M- M- MLSC, uh, but, uh, he, but uh, a great thing uh, to, to, to look at is, uh, you know, his, 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 flex, his flexibility when, you know, he, he, was, he was moved into a role that maybe didn't align with his skill set, but, you know, he stuck with, he stuck with it until uh, he got a promotion to a role that, uh, that, that fit, that fit, uh, that fit, that, that fit his, uh, his own personal needs, eh? For sure. And I like how, like, you know, not everything's going to be perfect at first. You know, it's not, you know, you plan everything at first, but he, he, like, like he said, like ticket and sales wasn't for him. And like, he found something after that, like he knew people. So I think that's what we all can learn from like networking and knowing people along the line and just experiencing everything, just knowing what you do and don't like. Yeah. And, and the final thing that I'll mention before uh, I, I spoil the whole friggin' show uh, he does go into detail about his journey with autism, which is fascinating. Uh, it's uh, it's the it's the layer portion of the show, but if you're going to tune into anything, tune into that because it is nuts. And again, I mentioned this in the show. I haven't admitted this publicly. Um, I ha- I also have autism, like Paul. And let me tell you, uh, it is a battle every day to uh, to to live to li- to li- to live to live with it. Some days aren't perfect. Um, and you know, you, you'll get, and you get a bit of clarity as to, uh, what it's like to live, to live with the disorder, even, even though it may not seem as evident, uh, on, 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 on the outside. So it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great show. Uh, we hope you enjoy. And with that, let's send over to Paul Wilderman, a digital content specialist in marketing with Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment.
All right, for this edition of the Spima Council podcast, we have an exciting, exciting guest onto onto, onto the show. He has he, he has spent most of his uh, career in the sports industry with Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Uh, some of the roles include an analytics intern for TFC, a special products coordinator, projects coordinator for the Toronto Argonauts, and now a digital content specialist. Aside from his work responsibilities, he's been a constant advocate of sharing what it's like to live on the autism spectrum. Please welcome to the show at this time, Paul Wilderman. Paul, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, my man. Thank you, uh, William. The pleasure is all mine. Um, and, and thank you for, uh, you know, Brock Sports Management Council for having me uh, on this evening. It's a uh, pleasure to uh, be a part of this uh, podcast and to uh, talk about uh, my career in sports and living with autism. Not a problem. Not a problem. Uh, let's get right into it with the de facto first word of the SPEMA Council podcast. Paul, what mindset have you adopted to forge a successful career? Great question, uh, William. My, uh, my mindset is always to, uh, you know, just have a positive mindset and um, to, uh, you know, have a never, you know, give up kind of attitude and um, just to, uh, you know, always, uh, you know, like, like, do your best and, um, you know, never like work hard and, um, you know, be resilient and, um, you know, always, uh, and most of all, I would say is to be, you know, confident and uh, believe in yourself because, you know, dreams can always uh, come true. You can create your own destiny, you know, you just have to believe strongly that you're uh, able to do it, do it. And, um, you know, it's, um, it's not impossible as we uh, previously talked about, but it is, uh, it's very, very, uh, it's difficult sometimes. And, you know, especially when you live with like autism, like myself, you know, I mean, you have to uh, work a little bit harder, but, you know, at, at the end of the you know, day, you know, like the rewards can always be uh, greater. So um, that's my mindset uh, to, uh, you know, forge a successful career and, um, and don't be afraid to fail at the end of the day. You know, it's always about uh, getting knocked 100%. down, it's about getting back up, you know, again and again. Sure. Perfect. So um, our second question is, before your tenure at MLSC, you attended George Brown College for Business Administration and Ryerson University for Entrepreneurship. So were there any skills or learning points that you took from there that motivated you to go to sports-centric direction for your career? So when I went to George Brown, I went for business administration. Um, sports was not necessarily my like thought at that initial time. Um, you know, I, I you know, same case with Ryerson um, with entrepreneurship. I didn't necessarily like consider like heading into sports. I always knew I liked sports, and I was always a fan. And um, I mean, I just knew that the window of opportunity was desperately narrow and I decided I was uh you know I mean I I, I would try to uh to get into the industry uh, via you know connections um as far as skills that I developed at um at George Brown um I mean I I, I developed you know team skills and you know like inter interpersonal um relationships like strategies I uh, learned how to uh, become more organized um, you know and to plan my schedules and um, and most of all you know learn a post-secondary education I, uh, I I mean lots of my skills in marketing um, 
were, you know, taught um, there and my writing skills were definitely taught, you know, in my research report writing class I took about, you know, 10 years ago. It's hard to believe it's been that long, but I definitely, uh, you know, find that that was like the origins of my like writing skills and how they, you know, started to like reach their peaks and everything. So, uh, you know, um, but really like, you know, it was, um, I mean, I went there for business, you know, and for entrepreneurship at both uh, George Brown and Ryerson, but um, I wasn't going to necessarily get into, uh, you know, a business. And I kind of realized after Ryerson that entrepreneurship was not necessarily for me. Now, having said that, though, having said that, um, you don't need a degree or a diploma to be an entrepreneur. Anybody could like be like an entrepreneur, like, you know, like uh, Charles Bronson for, you know, Virgin, you know, he never, he dropped out of school and then he, you know, became a, a billionaire, you know, like aviation uh, expert. And, um, you know, even Mark Zuckerberg dropped out of, you know, Harvard, you know, and went on to, you know, you know like be, be the CEO of Facebook. Um, I think he went back to Harvard later on to finish his degree, I, from what I understand, but um, that's uh, my knowledge of his story. Um, so really, you know, you like, like, it's about, you know, having connections and, you know, you learn, the reality is, is you learn more when you enter the real world or in this case, you know, professional sports, like I entered into and, um, you know, thankfully I had connections to Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, well, the Argos at the time, that is, you know, to uh, become hired and um, as, a, as a special projects coordinator. And um, I got into MLSC first uh, as a, uh, TFC um, to intern, and then I later on went to uh, the Argonauts, and then now I'm an MLC. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, it's it, it's a, it's it's a really interesting, uh, you know, you know, path 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 the path the industry. Uh, you know, didn't 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 really have sport have have sports on, on the radar at first, but then it just so it, but then it just sort and then and then it just sort sort of sort of sort of open sort of opened up, and uh, you know. Um, that and you know that that's that that you know that that that's 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 the that's the funny thing about uh, you know like two three four years down the line you have no idea what's gonna what what's what's gonna what's what's gonna happen I and you know even 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 today you probably don't you you don't you don't you don't even know like what's gonna happen like six in, in in like in in like in like in like in like in like six months so like so first you know you go you uh for, so there so you know there's that pivot from 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 a from a field that it that might that is related to sports, but then uh, you're able to find your uh, your uh, your your sort your sort your uh, true passion um, in this in in sport in sport in sport business um, while while carrying those trans while carrying those those skills from George Brown and Ryerson along the way, and you, and you did touch on it um, uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, you're in, you took on an internship with TFC and TFC two. Um, you conducted a, a research for both clubs and uh, assisted with game operations during two, TFC two home matches. Um, if any, what are some of the transferable skills that you took um, as an intern that you still use today um, in your in your career? And this might be particularly relevant to uh, fourth year SPEMA students that are uh, that are completing their intern that are uh, doing their internships for the winter semester. Yeah, I uh, I took a lot of uh, skills from my internship. Um, I mean, my primary I think skills I developed was to um, you know network and establish you know new connections um, and meeting meeting people um, within the sports industry and outside the sports industry too. You know, I um, 
you know, I, 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 I always go to like networking events and conferences, like, you know, whether it's related from like work or like, or if it's like not related to work to, uh, you know, meet people. I mean, I, I, I'm a very social and extroverted person. I like to, uh, get myself out there and, um, you know, meet people from different professions and different backgrounds, different cultures and like different countries. Like it's, um, you know, cause that's how you grow is, you know, when you have interactions with people and, um, you know, so that, 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 that's a really key interpersonal skill that I learned from my internship, um, carrying over to MLSE. I also learned that there, um, you know, it, you have to have a really like proper work ethic, um, when you go into the industry and you, 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 you want to be like poised and, um, you know, composed and confident. Um, that's, you know, confidence is always key as I might've touched on, you know, a little earlier in this uh, conversation. Uh, and, um, and most of all, you'll have a, um, like I also touched on, a positive uh, mindset and, uh, and you want to, you know, have a culture in the industry and, you know, build a culture within your, your peers, your coworkers, your call, your, your clients. And, um, yeah, and most of all the fans, of course, too, you know, you want to build a culture with like fans and that's kind of our job um, at TFC2 and, you know, what I learned in the internship and uh, and to just, uh, and most of all, you know, enjoy it because, you know, you may never get that opportunity again in your life, you know, I mean, if, if, oh, yeah. if you don't have like, some just get an internship but don't necessarily get a full-time opportunity. Um, thankfully, in uh in my case, I was able to uh, get a full-time opportunity uh, with the Argonauts afterwards, um, and then later on MLC. You make a you make a huge you make a great great point on on work on work ethic. It it sound it sounds like the simplest thing, but there is a rude awakening when you transition from the lecture halls to the to the office. And as the as the old saying goes, you're doing a hundred things at once. And you have, and you have, and you have to adapt and you have to adapt on the fly because there's customer, there, there's cut, there's customer, there's customers that are looking for a superior experience from your product. There's revenue goals to be made. And, you know, the, and, 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 you know, you know, there's goals that need, that need to, that need to, that need to be achieved. So unless you're, you're, unless you're, you're, unless you're not coming into, unless like, if you're not coming into the office with, with 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 a, with a dedicated drive to to you know put put in the put in the work, be prepared to fail if need if need if need be, and grow as a professional. Then the internship experience cool. simply isn't simply isn't beneficial. I, I tell you, I mean, I, I at the time of this recording, I just came home uh, with uh, from from a from from a work day with um, my with my my intern organization, the Niagara River Lions, like. I, I, we were probably, we were probably making upwards of like 30, 40, could be, could, could, could be more, could, could be more 30, 40 calls could be more to business, to businesses, just out of the, just out of the blue cold calling to, uh, to see if, to see if they could, to see if um, they want, they want to, they want a group, they want group tickets and you had to have that. You have to, you had to, and we, and throughout those, the, those multiple, multiple calls, you had to have the focus to sell the, to sell the product. Because, because, you know, there were, there, there were, goal, there were, goal, there's goal, there's goals to be, there's goals to be achieved. And, and, and every, and every business 
no matter what type of sport is always pushing for is always pushing for new revenue streams and uh, and having a good work ethic to achieve those goals is a huge found is a huge foundation towards uh, towards success in that area for sure and you know just enjoying it i mean you know look at people get so friggin caught up in in you know oh i have to oh i have to get this mark oh i have to get this 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 and this and too often we get caught up on it and it's really worthwhile to step back and and take a moment to reflect on the fact that you're in this experience it's a it's a and and you know it's a great and it's a great time because you want to be here so you might as well enjoy the time so you might as well enjoy the time that you have there Absolutely. Yeah. It, 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 and that's key is to step back, you know, and, and like, you know, we uh, reflect and you don't want to get so caught up. A lot of people, uh, especially in the sports industry, get caught up and obsessed with like their, uh, their positions, you know, particularly when it comes to like, you know, ticket sales and service, you know, some mm -hmm. people, you know, are like, I mean, some of them make commission and they, you know, have certain goals to, uh, to reach and um, definitely understand where they come from a hundred percent. You know, but also, you know, like mental health, you know, plays a big factor, you know, too, when it comes to like, you know, working in, like in sports or any, you know, industry. And, um, and it's, you know, been a you know, topic of conversation in uh, today's uh, society. Yeah, for sure. That was great. Like, I'm a second year sport management student. So like hearing like, Will, your, like your experiences and um yours too, Paul, like, it's really, like, inspirational, like, you know, I could take that, and many other students can take that um, along the way, too. So, um, moving on to our next question, so immediately after the internship, you transitioned over to type of football, um, CFL to be specific, and worked with the Toronto Argos as a special products coordinator, first in marketing, then in ticket sales and services, so what was it like to participate in activities such as creating content and generating ticket leads in order to enhance the Argo brand in spite of the ultra competitive downtown uh, sports market? Great question, Amanda. Um, I, first of all, I was in uh, the Argonauts for um, marketing. Um, I didn't necessarily do any ticketing uh, work. Um, I will uh, get to uh, that part um, in a little bit when, when I get to the MLSC part. As far as uh, the Argos go, um, so I most of my first year I was working on like online like photographs, like editing like Dropbox pictures from our games. I was doing uh, right. statistics um, at the Argos games at BMO Field. It was our first year at BMO, um, so stakes were high. We were um, we, we were hosting the Great Cup that year um, in 2016. It um, didn't necessarily go too well for us. You know, we had five wins. Um, and um, so, but, but, but the Grey Cup was a lot of fun. I worked the festival. Um, I got to uh, hand out flyers um, with uh, one of my colleagues. And um, it was really a cool experience to be a part of that. The city was like buzzing. And it was, it was happening at a time when like, you know, the Leafs and the Raptors and the Blue Jays had their playoff run. And you, know, you even had the World Cup of Hockey that year, which like everyone forgets about now, because it was basically like, you know, a, a marketing gimmick, you know, and like no one really remembers it. Um, I happened to be at the USA Canada game that year. And um, yeah, it was pretty exciting to see, um, you know, so that, that was, that was um, like, like 2016. Um, 
you know, to come 2017, like the following year, and it was also around the time that I first moved downtown. So it was a big like step up for me in my personal life. I had lived uh, in downtown Toronto, like at the Port York and Bathurst area. Like I lived like in a very high rise condo and now I'm living in a, you know, lovely um, like, like um, low floor unit, um, you know, condominium that I now own. And um, very so- nice five and a half years that I've lived downtown. So uh, I owe that 2016 year to that decision that I made. Uh, in 2017, I began to focus more on like my writing skills. I published like articles based on game day themes from the Argos. And um, it was really, really, um, it was really like, like an opening experience as I focused on um, on like Canadian Armed Forces Night, like, you know, breast cancer awareness, like, month i did like the fan experience at bemo and um and that was the year that the argos won um the great cup in ottawa in you know in, in november late november 2017 that was the most surreal experience um of my life i even have um my my breakup ring on my finger to show the not audience. a big deal From, wow uh, that that, that is that is the, i think that that is the first ever championship ring appearance on the spema on the spema count on the spema council podcast marketing your calendars monumental moment in the show's history that 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 rings a beauty i tell you i i i am truly honored to hear that um absolutely um it's it, it's very very special to me uh this ring um and um I mean, it, 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 and it was it, and it's interesting because you know to lead up to MLSV, that great cup kind of marked the end of an era because about two weeks after we won the decision was revealed that you know the Argos were purchased by MLSE um you, you know it, it, it kind of came as a bit of a shock to some of us um thankfully though I was able to uh, keep my position um, as a special forces coordinator at the time um however it wasn't very easy. Um, I was transferred over to uh, for marketing to ticketing and then we'll see. I, um, I have a great deal of like, respect for the people of ticketing. I have a lot of great relationships with people of ticketing. And, um, you know, I, I, I will always be forever grateful for working with them. But, you know, not to like sugarcoat this, um, the job wasn't for me. I knew that sales was not my cup of tea. And um, so I, like, I just kind of helped the ticketing team with like some of their like, you know, like like roles and everything. And um, I I did I did like multiple uh, different tasks, like um, you know, helping helping them with their like Argos game day stuff, like helping them like I was kind of like just like you know working beside them. I didn't really uh, you know, but I wasn't selling tickets necessarily. So and I kind of knew that it wasn't for me. And I, I realized like I have to like find a way to uh, to leave this department. I spent a year trying you know all at work and then i was like you know i thankfully i have you know connections to uh mr larry tannenbaum who is one of the owners of mlc he owns 25 percent of the company so he's with kilmer capital the other um the, 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 the other shares are owned by bell and uh rogers and in 2019 late 2019 that is i was moved from you know mark from ticketing into marketing and you know, I started in December 2019 at Bay Street um, so I was I was, I was at uh, West Campus um, at you know Coca-Cola Coliseum previously it was Rico Coliseum at the time when I was moved there you know it's now Coca-Cola Coliseum 
but I moved over to Bay Street and now to Scotiabank Arena. And for about three months, I was very happy working on the uh, on the sixth floor with like 120 marketing colleagues. Um, most of whom I still don't even know to this day. Um, I was on, on the digital team. I became a digital content specialist, and you know, COVID then hit in March 2020. And we were all forced to work from home for the last two years. And that was when I really started to like publish all my articles. I started to like really, um, you know, like publish, like, you know, I did 35 with like James Wilder, 2017, Argo's uh, East Final. I like did the uh, five years of Beal series. And, um, you know, I did um, most of all they, that article on, uh, you know, recently, you know, my story living with uh, working in professional sports and living with autism, which is the one that I'm the most uh, proud of. And, um, you know, I will always be forever grateful for having such a phenomenal support, not just like at MLSE, but from my like, colleagues, family and friends and network from across the world, because that article, but uh, the Argos on like the world map, you know, you know, thanks to like, you know, all the important work that I'm doing with like working uh, with living with autism and uh, working in sports and advocating for the community, you know, of uh, people living with, you know, autism. Yeah, uh, we, we will touch on that. Art. We will touch on that article in, in, in a few in a few in a few minutes. But, you know, just just a minute, just, you know, interesting, interesting thing from there. You you found you if you, you got moved, you got moved to a role. And, you know, even though it wasn't even though it wasn't even though you it wasn't it wasn't ideal, you know, you, you had you had the you had the right you had the right mindset. You took it, took it, took it in stride. You work. You 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 work. You worked. You worked there. You helped. You helped as best. You you helped as best you could. And you eventually. And you eventually moved back to a role that that that's that that's that that your that suited your skills better. And you know it had that that stuff that stuff ha- that stuff happens especially in sport. You know you're gonna like you're probably gonna, you may get roles that you're that may require you to pivot on to pivot on a dime and. And the people around you are going to re- are going to re- are going to are going to require you to be successful. It doesn't matter if you know. Absolutely, I yeah. um, it's it's a good point, um, um, William. That um, like because you know like one lesson to go back to that earlier like you know question on like you know this, on, on developing skills um, is um, you know forgiveness is what liberates the soul too. And I mean you know mistakes are always made, and uh, but forgiveness is what always you know matters too, you know, because that represents proper leadership and to never hold grudges. You know, I don't hold any like ill will or, you know, any grudges or, you know, or not burning any bridges against like my former department and everything too. It's always important to, you know, leave on a, you know, good note um, or to transfer, in this case, transfer to uh, a different department. So um, I kind of see it as like not going back to marketing. I see it as getting a promotion into like Mm -hmm. a bigger you know like role because like it was about value too and I knew what my own value was and like I wasn't like I was worth more than where I was in ticketing and you know and and, and I'm worth like like my value is being utilized my skills are being like you know utilized in like you know the marketing department and um you know so that was why I needed the uh change and um thankfully it's been working out and it's it, it's worked out it's working out and um yeah so like, like that's uh it's important to never like you know hold any you know grudges and not file any lawsuits and um no you know, no god no 
that 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 only adds fuel to the fire and um you know so but, but, but life lessons get learned and you know they like i think everybody you know who was involved like myself and the company uh we all learn our lessons and um we all like are, are working to do better and that's the whole you know like point is to uh is to get better and to uh do things differently and to uh you know, make it a more suitable environment for um, and inclusive for anyone, whether they're, they're on the autism spectrum and or have any other kinds of, uh, you know, like situations that they're dealing with, you know, dealing with. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, and, and, and I think now's a perfect time to jump into that art to pump uh, your jump into that article that you published um, on the art on the Argonaut site that uh, told your story of your career in sport, including your story of living with autism. You go into detail about the about plethora of things, mainly uh, mainly a what what the disorder really entails, and b you know its connection and b it's uh, it's just in connection with the Argos. Uh, what was the primary motivation, uh, if you could nail it down to one, to put that piece together? Absolutely, I um, I met Doug Flutie about five years ago. Um, you know, so the, the, the so the um, it was our twentieth anniversary. Um, breakup celebration in 2017 in July mm-hmm. uh, against the Ottawa Red Blacks at the time and you know so Doug Flutie just to give you some context which I briefly talk about in the article he um, has a son Doug Jr. who is on the autism spectrum but he is um, he has a very rare form you know of, um, it's called child um, disintegrative disorder uh, or C. Uh, DD um, for short, and um, he's nonverbal. Um, he so that he can't um, you know say any words, and it's a very rare and you know low functioning or extreme functioning form of autism. And I had a conversation with Doug Booty at that time, and he um, you know I told him about my story that I'm on the spectrum and I've experienced a lifetime of. Uh, what I call systemic discrimination, um, you know, in my like, you know, work life, in my, you know, dating life, my like, my family life in a way, uh, my friend life, uh, not most of it unconsciously, not like intentionally, not like on purpose, like no ill will against anybody at all. Um, it was, you know, but, but, but that was just kind of like, you know, in my school life too, you know, but like I was just kind of misunderstood by a lot of people or I've talked to, talk, I talked to like, Doug Flutie, you know, about my challenges I went through and my inspirations that, and, and successes that I've, you know, proven time and time again to, like, overcome. Um, so that really was what kickstarted me, like, from getting, like, this article uh, going. And um, as an autism advocate at MLSE and sharing my uh, story publicly, um, I knew that I had to, uh, you know, break the ice and, like, share like a different like side of like you know my writing skills instead of like doing third person I wanted it to be like first person and um it's Absolutely. funny because it's funny because like you know you would think that first person is a little bit easier to write but it's actually the opposite it's a lot harder to write than I oh yeah so <laughs> um you know so 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 I, I I I took the um you know the opportunity to uh you know write down some notes and just to like you know I worked with uh, Justin Bob and, you know, at, you know, the EDI team, the Equity Diversity and Inclusion team at MLSC and a uh, big shout out to uh, Justin Bob for, uh, you know, working with collaborating with myself to uh, put this article together. And he, you know, did a phenomenal job laying out, you know, like five different, you know, segments on the article and, um, 
yeah, it was really, um, you know, like autism, you know, inclusion in the workplace is a big problem. It is, I mean, it's getting a lot better these days, but there's a long way to go still. Um, you know, there's a lot of unemployment and underemployment um, in the, uh, in the workplace. And, you know, people who like, if for someone like myself, who has had the proper resources, the means and the like, you know, support systems to overcome my, you know, injustices, I want to just be tell the audience and not sugarcoat this and say that I was, I'm very, very lucky and fortunate because not, I mean, the reality is, is not everybody's going to go through the same situation like myself. Not everybody's going to like, you know, have someone like Mr. Larry Tannenbaum around, you know, or, 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 or this and that to like, you know, to help them, uh, you know, overcome their like challenges. I mean, and, and you know, people, you know, because autism doesn't necessarily care like what like where you're from or what your social class is you know whether you're rich poor or middle class doesn't care what you, you know skin color you are or what religion you're from um autism is like a lifelong um condition you know that you know happens with like you know every like people when you meet one person you know like who's autistic you met everyone who's autistic when you have a conversation with someone who's autistic you uh you had a conversation with like all people who are like autistic, really. Um, you know, just because someone you just because you and I had a conversation like we we're having now, uh, William and Amanda, with someone who's on the on the spectrum and accomplished like myself, it may not be the same with you know somebody somebody else you know who is much more severely impacted. Exactly, exactly. Um, that's kind of where I. So that's really like you know the the um, like the dynamics of how I came through this article we have to get out it's like you don't have to like be read and like you know just send you know an important message that um our time has come for autism to like flourish and to be like great and to be like successful and that you know we're um we're just people like everybody else and we have very special yeah. skills our assets exactly our, our, we, we could be valued in the industry like in any in sports and any kind of workplace you know and benefit, you know, large corporations and uh, most of all inspire, you know, those in the awesome community. Exactly. Exactly. You, you really hit the nail on the head. You really hit the nail on the head. And as someone who has autism as well, and Jesus, I think this is the first time I've admitted it publicly, other than my uh, immediate friends and family, but man, like you could not have hit the have hit the nail hit the hammer hit the nail on the head there, like it's it's hard to explain because it's a weird it's 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 a weird thing to deal with because you know you can be you can be fine one day and then all of a sudden when you know say that there's a job interview going coming up say that there's you know any like anything face to face and there's pressure. All of a sudden, there are times where he can't function, and it's like, yeah. and you know, people may chalk it. People might say, "Oh, oh, you're 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 just you're just nervous," and it's like, um, and, and it's and it's like, which is okay I hate to, to be break, nervous. I hate to break yeah, it yeah, to you, totally but like, I hate to break it to you, but it's more, it's more, it's more, it's more than it's more than that. It's act, it's 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 you know, functioning in functioning in interviews, icon, icon, eye contact. You probably go like go to. 10 or 11 podcast episodes, probably my, my eyes are going all over the place on the zoom camera Un, unconscious, unconsciously even. And I, and I, and I don't notice it, but 
again, it's it's just it's just the way it is. It's just how the disorder works. And just talking to people, and just talking to people, that can be a struggle too. And and you almost have to you almost have to force yourself to deal with it, and um and and sort and and sort of and sort of and sort of power through it in order to be in order to be successful. But again, um it's but again uh the the importance of uh, diversity and inclusion policies um uh get uh go go uh covering this is is huge and uh Reese and a recent example that is awesome is um is uh is, is yesterday afternoon the 67s host their first sensory awareness game so people with sensory issues people with like more severe levels of of the disorder could watch the game in an environment where it was quiet it was peaceful, and they could, have, and they could, and they could, and they could, have, and they could have, and they could have, and they could have a good, good time. Policies like these, um, you know, uh, really make it, you know, and initiatives like these, you know, really make a difference towards, you know, a fair and equitable chance of, you know, getting of, you know, get of, you know, just, just get, just get, just getting a job. Because again, the employment num, the unemployment numbers are for autistic outs are. Pretty stark. The last study had it read at like, I don't know, eighty-five or eighty-six percent, and that. And again, that's the main reason why, uh, why, why, why these are so important is because yeah, that's so, overwhelming enough. Yeah, I, I, I have the privilege to attend a United Nations networking event um, on last year in April. Um, it was actually it, it, it was an event on. Uh, World Autism Day, or just a week after, about work inclusion in the workplace, and um, you know, so it's definitely a big problem, not just in Canada but around the world. Like I was able to listen to a uh, an autistic, um, you know, girl from uh, from Kenya. I was able to listen to like an autistic person from Morocco and an autistic person from England, and um, I believe that, you know, and there was one who was like you know nonverbal from the United States, and you know, the moderator was from Denmark, and she was like diagnosed at the age of 50 um, apparently or just before that I believe and um, so it was really eye-opening and like you know and just like surreal to uh, to see and as a global you know like travel person who has been to like many many countries around the world like I like understand like autism is a global epidemic um, it's like it's in it's in every it's in every country pretty much I think like one percent of the population is like autistic and they're, they're diagnosed and there's many millions of people who are not diagnosed and um you know like one of my former uh one of my favorite celebrities um melanie skies in england is like you know in her early 50s and you know her son's autistic and then she was recently diagnosed as autistic and um she did, did a whole podcast on um on that um on, on her story of, on, on like being diagnosed with autism so yeah it really is like a uh a uh, global epidemic and um you know it's it's an issue that has to be uh like it's an, like it's an issue i'm saying for like you know like but the workplace to like you know take note of that like more have to be uh included you know and uh and utilized uh better for uh for their skill sets and everything for sure so um we're down to our last question so like thank you so much already just being so open with us um, it's really great to hear um, just your side and like what you um, experienced. So in June 2021, you were appointed to the board of directors for the New Haven Learning Center in Toronto. 
How did you get involved with the organization and what duties, what duties do you undertake to impact the organization and uh, the surrounding community? Great way to end off this uh, podcast and great in a very not not time. not quite not quite not quite. There's a bit of a curveball at the bit at at the at the end as we've seen in the few shows, but not yet. All, all, all good. All right. Um, so um, yeah, great question. Um, so I got involved through a former colleague in ticketing, as a matter of fact. Um, kind of you know um, ironic to say that, considering that ticketing. Uh, wasn't necessarily my cup of tea, but it was actually a really good colleague uh, of mine um, at uh, at Coca-Cola Coliseum who, you know, had a meeting with um, Sandra Hughes and big shout out to Sandra. She's like the you know, executive director of New Haven. Um, so her and I have a really, really close relationship. Um, yeah, she was working with um, my former colleague at, at a Marley's game um, to try to get tickets um, and everything. And um, that's how I, uh, I I went over one October morning um, in 2019. And that was when uh, the whole thing like started really. Like I, um, you know, and then after about a year and like, a, you know, working from home and everything, like Sandra and I touched base and uh, they, um, they saw my writing, my, my articles, and my successes in MLSC, and you know that I'm an autism ambassador and I'm a world traveler, and they wanted me to uh, represent on their uh, board of directors as an, as an actual autistic person. They were like trying to expand um, for more diversity, and you know they wanted an actual autistic uh, individual in a leadership role, and uh, so they figured, well, who better to uh, appoint than Mr. Paul Walderman? Uh, you know, he has like, you know a great track record he's like an mlsc you know he's like in a very prestigious role so you know let's let's bring him on board so you know that's kind of how it happened and um i'm really really thankful and you know honored to uh work with a bunch of uh really prestigious uh people on uh that board of directors and um you know one of my uh yeah, I'm, I'm still relatively new to it. Um, we haven't necessarily had like an in-person meeting because it's all been happening during COVID. So it's kind of difficult to do uh, meetings sometimes virtually. Um, my role though is to uh, learn about the adult program at um, New Haven Learning Center. Um, so we just recently uh, like, like I think signed a lease for, uh, for a, a new property for the adult program um, in Etobicoke. And uh, so, so I, uh, I was in on a couple of meetings, you know, to uh, have these discussions and um, I'm still really in the learning phases too. I mean, but I, you know, my a job is to like listen and to try to ask questions and to try to like understand other people's uh, point of views too, which is, um, which is really also a good point because, you know, from earlier questions, um, understanding other people's perspectives is, you know, very much key, um, knowing who you're audiences and you know being you know compassionate to what other people are going through and you know be, be there to support them if they happen to be struggling um and you know listening is more key than like talking really it's like it's about like understanding understanding too and, and tolerance too tolerating other people's uh opinions and perspectives even if they we don't happen to uh agree with them or like them you know you still have to uh get along with them and hear them out and like you know work with them even if they can be a bit uh you know tedious to deal with sometimes uh, but uh, yeah I'm really really uh, blessed to be involved with New Haven Learning Center and uh, you know I have two years on the board with a third year option and proud to represent as an actual autistic uh, leader and um, leading by example.
That sounds that sounds that sounds like a great role. Um, uh, although 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 you haven't been there been there, been there been there for long, it sounds like a great opportunity great opportunity to further expand your skill set and uh, and and impact the community that's uh, that 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 is near and dear to your heart. But uh, look at Paul, uh, this was awesome. This was awesome. Um, to uh, to hear about your to hear about your career story, um, how you and uh, and and how and how you and how you and how you live your life too. Uh, I have not. Uh, come across many individuals who have uh, who, who have autism like myself. So um, and so you know having you uh, on the show is both an honor and a privilege. But as is tradition at the Speed My Council podcast, we'd like to give the guests the final say in the show. So uh, whatever, so uh, you could say whatever's on your mind. You could say uh, anything you forgot to say during the course of the show, or you can use it just an ex- or you can use it as an excuse to shoot the breeze for a few minutes longer. So Paul. Thank you so much again, and the floor is yours. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, you know, so um, I guess, like, you know, I want to just, like, say thank you to the audience for listening. And, um, you know, I mean, I think I've said pretty much everything I, you know, wanted to cover. Um, you know, I mean, for uh, I can reveal some, like, really fun facts, perhaps, to end off this podcast. And, like, so one thing I can um, reveal is, um, so I happen to, be in this beautiful office uh, here in my condo with all this memorabilia. So behind me is the shot, uh, the Kawhi Leonard uh, moment in game seven. And um, I had the honor and privilege of winning a ticket to that game. And I happened to uh, be there when Kawhi made the shot in game seven against Philadelphia. And it was undoubtedly the greatest moment in Raptors history, the greatest shot in Raptors history. It was, um, no disrespect to the, um, you know, NBA finals moment, but, you know, it was bigger than the NBA finals. Uh, I know I'm a bit biased, but I was, uh, I mean, just, a, you know, I was there with my friend. He said to me, like, you know, Paul, get your phone right now. There's 4.2 seconds left. It's going to be, you know, Vince Carter, deja vu all over again. Although this time Kawhi is going to make it. And sure enough, like the he shoots the ball, you know, 4.2 seconds left, he releases it. You know, one, two, three, four. The place is quiet, and all of a sudden, a roar like comes up. Like it starts, like it gets so loud in there too. It's like, like the whole place exploded. Like it was like an earthquake. It was insane. Like, and like, but like the yes. atmosphere, the energy in the building at that moment. Absolutely nuts, and that is an incredible way to end off uh, to end off a great podcast, Paul. It was once again it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks again. Likewise, thank you very much, um, William and Amanda, for uh, this opportunity, and uh, really, really uh, thrilled to speak with the uh, you know student council, you know sports management of uh, Brockton this evening.